Hey, I'm Matt Hudgens, and he's Dave Mulvaney, and this is Profitability MD. Dave, how are you doing today, buddy? Doing great today, Matt. How about you? It is great. It's a nice little fall day, beautiful weather, slight breeze. Good day just to be out. I was outside at lunch, ate, uh, ate on a porch of a little Mexican restaurant, just trying to get out some fresh air. Nice. Yeah, it's been nice at night. It's still Florida here during the day, but yeah, I mean, I love it. I love it as the temperature starts to drop a little at night, so. It is nice. All right, episode 145, how to streamline your sales process. So how to streamline your sales process. So we should all be looking at two things. One, do you have a sales process, right? Which a lot of people don't. They're kind of just winging it. And, and number two would be let's streamline that sales process and, and try to make it more solid, try to make it more compact. So that is kind of the areas – a lot of people don't have a sales process. You need a sales process. What does it look like? And then we need to see about, can we shorten that sales process, the selling cycle? So, All right. I don't know why this just came to mind. So I'm thinking of uh, that movie, Wall Street, okay? Yeah. yeah. And, um, and they're, they're traders. And so I can remember the, the boss, and, I, and I'm, this is good. It's all about the sales process. The boss, there's a lot of six-figure numbers in that phone book, okay? So, but what, what ended up happening so he could streamline his sales process was, He's calling the phone book, but he's got this list of people that he knows he's going to be more effective with his time on the phone, okay? And so that's what we're talking about is you can dial all day long in the, in the telephone book, but um, the, so that's your process. How do you streamline that? Well, you-, you, you Oh, you, you've already said this. Yeah, you, I'm already jumping ahead. I'm sorry. I got So like the way Bud Fox got in front of Gecko was he knew his birthday and he knew that he liked Cuban cigars. Yeah. So he knows he knew his customers and he knew his customers wants and demand. That's how he got in. He called them like whatever, every week or something like that. Yeah. For, for X number of days straight or X number of months straight. But then what do you know? He knew his birthday and he knew he liked these Cuban cigars or something. Know your customer. That's, that's about it. I don't know. So that's he, where you're headed but but that, the point I, I wasn't heading there, but this, that's a perfect example. Okay. How do you streamline your process? You, you get, um, uh, Chet Holmes called it uh, the, tar the Target 100, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sales machine. You get a Target 100, and, and those are your people, and you learn everything about them. So if yes. you were, it, you know, you are whatever business, it's just one thing you could do to, to streamline your sales processes. Pick the client, your ideal client, your perfect client, pick 100 of them, and then you're just, you're constantly um, trying to get in contact with them. If you're in the cold calling business, which frankly sucks, I think cold calling is just about dead because I haven't done a cold call in, well, it's been a lot of years. Um, I'm not afraid to do it. I did a lot of it, but the point is cold calling is probably the worst sales process you could do yet. It still works. So that can be your process, but if you're cold <laughs> calling today, how do you streamline that process? Well, you got to figure out who you're cold calling. Like, yeah. Target market. We always talk about that. The fundamentals. Who am I going right? after? And then maybe study up on them a little bit and yep, get to know, know your who customer. you are. So yep. that when you walk in the door, let's say you're, you sell, uh, I don't know, uh, <laughs> forklifts to furniture stores. I'm just using that as an example. So if you're going to know, you've got to know the name of everybody in the furniture store. Maybe you go on LinkedIn and you look at the name of the managers so that when you walk in, you go, oh, you're Bob Smith. Hey, Bob, how you doing? I'm, I'm Dave Mulvaney. And, and all of a sudden you've, like you said, you, uh, you, we were talking offline, you jump into early rapport rather than wasting time on small talk. You already know something about that, 
person, and that's early rapport. The quicker you build rapport, um, you know, I always say if somebody likes you, they'll listen to you. If they'll listen to you, they'll believe you. If they believe you, they'll trust you. And if they trust you, they might buy from you. But it takes trust. And so the quicker you can get to rapport, the quicker you can get to trust. So yep. on a streamlined sales process, get to trust quicker. That's step one. Get to trust quicker. So you got to know your customer. You got to know your product, your service. Got to know your industry. Uh, number two, you got to begin to build a long-term relationship of trust. And any type of rapport, that's a great thing that LinkedIn is good for. You can see where they went to school. You can see what their hobbies are, their runners, their golfers. You can see they went to, 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 to Georgia, so they like college football, or you can assume they like college football. You could see maybe what charity they're on the board of the Georgia iBank, so you would know something about them. And that's a great way to have a commonality. You can also see mutual friends on LinkedIn as a way to build rapport. Um, then we start talking about discussing the problems, you know, the problems you solve. And, and the solution to the benefits of your products. Um, but here I get into, I'm already down to step five, really, which talks about anticipate and overcome the objections, right? So a lot of it is, if you know what the, the top five, we all do, you can sit down and you can write down what the top five objections are when you're selling lawn care service, when you're selling that, that uh, forklift to XYZ, you know what the top five. Usually it's like, uh, too expensive. I'm not sure it's, you know, I'm going to get my bang for my buck. Uh, there are the top five in any industry. Um, and start anticipating those and putting those in your presentations. So instead of having that tension, there's a tension that, that's in the air when they, when you know, they're going to be thinking, oh, I can't wait to hear this price. This is going to be astronomical, right? Or, oh, but, but I've heard the quality of this product isn't that good. Or, oh, what about this? If you can anticipate and you address those head on, you relieve the tension, which helps streamline the sales process, which helps you build the rapport because, hey, he's not dodging the hard questions. He's facing the hard questions head on, right? And, and, and on that same subject, subject um, your marketing should do most of this for you. Realistically, the marketing is the salesperson who precedes you. And uh, what I mean by that is, if you know you've got 10 main objections your marketing, that means your website, your brochures, your materials, whatever, yes. needs to address those objections up front so that um, when you get in front of them, those are off the table. What you're trying to do is you're trying to take, leave them no way to go. You just want to leave them a yes or no answer. It's, it, because if you've overcome all their objections and they still say no, they, the timing's not right or they don't right. need your product. I mean, it's... And that's fine. So I call that a, a create a master objections list. You should be able to do it. Your salespeople should be able to do it. Heck, other people, your friends and neighbors. I mean, it's a master objections list that you just want to all have it. And we're not trying to be tricky. I, we're, you know, oh, I can say these fancy words and then I'll overcome it. No, I'm trying to tell you to hit it face on, right? So, so let's say you're a builder and you build a house and your houses are a little more expensive than others. And we've talked about this type of stuff before. Well, you know that's going to be an number. Well, I was going to have a custom build, but I've heard you're a really expensive builder. You know, so turn it around. You know, there's there's word out there in the street that I'm an expensive builder, but really, what's the expense of quality? You know, going back to our analogy, you, you could have a really good. Uh, 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 don't call me for the cheapest kitchen. Call me if you want the best kitchen. Same thing for the builder. Don't call me if you want the cheapest house. Yeah, there are cheaper builders out there. I use the number one products, and we do X, Y, Z, and this to make sure our quality is the best. And, we had the lean, remember all that kind of things we had, like the the, the, the the risk reversal, we've got all our subs to sign a lean waiver so you don't have to worry about people. Whatever you know that, that are shady practices, overcome those on the front end, like we don't do that. 
we don't do that. We do this instead. We don't do that. We do this instead. So if you're heading that on, then it's like, yeah, I did hear that Dave was an expensive builder, but, but now that he's explained that and talked about it on the front end, I, it makes more sense. I don't want the cheapest dentist. I want the best. I don't want my teeth to hurt. I want my you teeth know, to look good. And you can always give, let's say you're the, you're the, that expensive builder. What you can do is you can show why you're more expensive. For instance, um, like if you're building, um, the more the, the more of these on, on the exterior walls, I, I'm trying to think, like undulations on a green, right? The more, you, if you have a square box, it's much less expensive to build than yes. all of this. The roof line is a big deal for yeah. our builders. The roof line. All, you simple know, roof uh, line is cheap. Simple roof line is a lot cheaper. But regardless, all of the differences are, look, this is what, the, we could build you the house with what other people are building, but you right. don't get all of these fancy add-ons and these dormers and all these different or whatever. Right. I, I don't even know all the different things that, you know, that they could add on. I, I built the house myself, but um, things as simple as you literally overcome these objections by, by not just saying, giving them why you're more money, but why it matters to them. Why, why are they getting more value from you? But you ought to have that conversation or that conversation that's going on in their mind before you get there, have that conversation um, with them, with your materials so that when you are in front of them, they go, they say to you, you know, I know you're a little more expensive, um, but I've done my research and, you know, I, I, I want the higher quality house. I want the slab that's not going to crack. I want the four and a half car garage because I have an extra spot for my golf cart. I, you know, and, and they start going yeah. through all of these different things that they want that you already told them these are additional things that we could take out. But then once, once we get there, I'd be the same price as any other builder. It's the, no. So exactly. these are ways to streamline your process. And the, the best way to do it today is A, social media, B, and you don't have to do it on social media, but your website sure, certainly should do it. Um, sure. I don't think we spend enough time um, in, in business putting our face in front of our clients. If you can do that, I mean, look at, if, if you want to look at some of the best sales trainers, um, doesn't matter what business, what sure. are they doing? Their face is online a lot. And, right. Um, why, why are they putting their face online? Because they're telling you what you can do to be better at what you're doing. We're, we're showing you how to streamline your sales process. Why? so that you can get more sales, but so that really you can be more profitable in, in business. Now that's exactly right. And, and, and goes back to, I'm working with um, another um, advisor and we're talking about the sales process, right? So a sales process for a financial advisor, for an accountant, uh, let's say you use an accountant, right? So an accountant would be he's looking for a new client and he gets a referral. Most accountants get referrals from existing clients, right? And so what's his sales process? Is he going to have a, general conversation hey you know what's going on in your in your business right now uh, let's you a business cpa uh who does business tax returns and your personal tax returns he should have get to know your customer conversation right he should have what's his offer hey i can do a free tax review to see if i can uncover any opportunities right so maybe there's a get to know your customer this is what i'm working on with him get to know your customer that could really be a quick brief phone call hey if you like dave Here's what I offer. Again, your irresistible offer, right? Most business owners I find, 94% are overpaying uh, their taxes. I offer a free uh, tax assessment. 
You send me your tax returns, your business and your personal. I can see if I can find some opportunities. Would you like to do that, Dave? And so instead of, I, I do this, I'm trying to encourage him to do this on the phone or on Zoom and really streamline this process because that's, where are you going to get to? I got to get to know you a little bit, Dave, and about you and your business and why you're dissatisfied. What's your other guy doing wrong here? And then what I know what the hot buttons are, I know 94% of business owners overpay their taxes. So what's my irresistible offer? A free tax review. Let's cut to the chase instead of me saying, oh, let's get together next week for coffee. And then we have this whole hour long coffee. And then I wait for another week to get your tax return. And then I wait another week to do the review. This is what he's been doing. This is how he's been doing it. Like, holy smokes, they could be like a 15 to 30 minute phone call or Zoom call now. Get to know your customer, right? Here's what I find most business owners tell me about you, Dave. What's your business like? What's working? What isn't working with your existing CPA? Then you go right into your, after you build rapport, oh, Georgia Bulldogs, blah, blah, blah. Then you go right into your, I know the customer, I know my solution. Here's this full offer. Most client, most business owners I find, 94% are overpaying taxes. I can do a free financial tax review, see if I can cover opportunities. If I can't uncover opportunities, then I can see if I can do any, you know, streamline your process. And if not, I'll be happy to tell you I'm not the guy for you. Boom. Yeah, and, and once again, what have you done? You take, now, accountants are enormously not salespeople. Right, right. I mean, <laughs> no, I know, okay. I know. So if you're an accountant and you're listening to this or watching this, um, the goal here is not to make you a salesperson. It's no. to make it so you can get a new client, acquire yes. that client. And the best way that that can happen is um, you have a process for onboarding your client. And, yes. and so the early process of onboarding the client is usually, um, it's always better. People will, re will remember and believe in something you show them. So yes. if you show them how you can save them taxes, hey, look, you didn't take deduction X, Y, Z right here. Right. And if you just took that alone, in fact, if you hire me, we're going to amend this return because that's going to be $35,000 in your pocket. That's, that is exactly right. Right. Yeah. And so there's, there's a little minutiae here we get into is that I'm going to tell you the what and the why, but my clients pay me for the how. So you, you know, we found $35,000, $50,000 worth of deductions that, that weren't taken, that should be taken. And as a matter of fact, Dave, we could actually go back three years and amend those tax returns if you want. You know, where are the areas? But I'm not going to tell you the exact specifics because here's the what and the why. My clients pay me for the how. You know, I'm not going to tell you to do it. And you go take it back to your old CPA and you do it. That's not how you say it. But my point is you could be saying we found $35,000 reductions. That going forward over the next 10 years, I'm saving you $350,000. By the way, I can go back three years and see if we have that. And that might be another $70,000, $100,000 that we could find from your previous tax returns. Are you interested, Mr. Jones, to move forward? Right? Yeah. We didn't tell them what they were. We didn't over-explain it. See, the other thing that CPAs, because they're such a detail-oriented person, there's this whole saying about uh, don't talk past the close. You know, you've already sold me. The more you chirp, you know, you're just, you're just losing, you know. But they, uh, they say uh, another, another saying is talk long, talk wrong. Um, <laughs> it's, it's the same thing. And, and that's from a, you're right. You, you tell them the, the why um, and certainly just not the how. You leave the how for later. But there's also the, um, I met this guy, Bruce, years ago. He's in Minnesota and he's a CPA. And I'm very, I've stayed with the same accountant here in Jacksonville since 1992. But he was, we were just talking and he goes, well, there's a reason um, that people pay me 
typically five or six times what other accountants charge. Okay. And, and he's, and I mean, his, his, that was his whole thing. There's a reason they, they pay me that it's because I never cost, they never, uh, I never cost them any money. I'm, I'm Perfect. always making them more money than they're paying me. That's because, a good irresistible offer. Yeah, because yes. I understand. And that was in a one-on-one -on -one conversation. Bruce was very good at, um, if you're in Minnesota, Bruce M. Holt is his name, great CPA. But um, actually, I think Bruce has got two offices, one in Minneapolis and one in uh, like Fargo, um, North Dakota. But the, the point is, is he had an irresistible offer. Yes. You need, you need an offer that, that you can say a million times, it comes out quickly, and your clients or prospective clients realize that values for me. Now, if you're talking to a client who makes $50,000 a year and they're not in your target market, well, Let's you're not going to be able yeah. to save them $75,000 a year because they don't make enough. Right. They're not your target market. But that's part of going back to that. I'll use a CPA, for example. So we know some of the hot buttons are people. We know that 94% of business owners overpay taxes. Boom. There's a hot button. People hate paying taxes. Most people overpay taxes. And then service is another big thing. Oh, my CPA never calls me back. I never get from him. Blah, blah, blah. So we know those are two hot buttons. And that's how you can pitch your irresistible offer. So, so your guy, you could say, you know, I, I never cost money. I always find more than, I always save more than, than what I cost. Plus I have great service. You know, you can pitch that. We talk about like um, uh, insurance agents, right? So I work with an insurance agent who does buy-sell agreements. So if you and I are partners in a business, if one of, our, if one of us passes away, our spouse inherits that half of the business. Unless we have what they call a buy-sell agreement, which would then say, we've got an insurance policy for a million dollars that we would give to your spouse. And then, and then that basically buys your share out because I don't want to be business with your spouse. You don't want to be business with my spouse. But that's the hot button. You don't sell insurance. You don't sell by sell agreements, right? You sell, you got, you and Dave are partners. Do you want to be partners with Dave's wife? Probably not. You know, no offense to your wife or my wife, but they don't know our business and they, you know, I wouldn't business with Dave. I didn't go into business with Dave's wife. This podcast wouldn't be the same if I was doing it with your wife. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. But that's how you would sell the buy sell. You see, is what's the hot button? You know, someone passing away and then being partners with the spouse. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And so, so there's a better way to overcome that. Again, we're already over. The objections are, oh, insurance is expensive. You know, well, it, that's probably worth the cost. Plus, it's tax deductible. Plus, you don't want to be partners with the spouse. I mean, you know, now we've kind of tied those three objections together. It was a price objection. And now it's like, no, no, this is, this is better for you, Mr. Client, Mr. Prospect. Right. We talk about financial advisors, same thing. Uh, most people change financial advisors more for bad service as opposed to bad investments. Right. Or they felt that they were not necessarily fee sensitive, but they got them in some, you know, annuities or some stuff that they were locked up in. But, but that's kind of all right. So, so service and kind of not fee fee, but, but lockups are kind of the two hot buttons that most financial advisors and, and, and not being proactive. Again, I guess that's service, right? So again, you would build your message. So as a builder, go back to that builder, you know, what are the objections for the builders? It could be cost is one. So now you're going to be pitching quality. It could be how long it takes. And, you know, you could also do that into quality, you know, quality jobs take longer times, right? And so you're, you're, you're formulating your message with using the hot buttons, right? Okay, but so all these industries have this. Let's pause for a minute. We were talking yeah. about, you, you cover a lot of ground. You were talking about, let's talk about the financial planner for a minute. So let's say 
um, and I know you do, let's say yeah. you had an automated process where um, you talk to your clients once a week by email and you just say hi, whatever. Let's just say you had that automated, but um, let's say you know you're not that good at follow-up. Well, hire a virtual assistant to, because what's going to happen is some of those emails are going to get replied to. And when they do, if you're not the great person on follow-up because you're on the golf course or whatever, it doesn't matter what the reason is, have someone there who can like call you the next morning and say, Hey Matt, I need to respond to these people. Can you just give me these verbally? And then, and then they can respond. That's streamlining your sales process. The most important process of, of sales <laughs> is the follow-up. And yes. I suck at follow-up. So what I did is I built processes of follow-up before this call. You just said, you eliminated one step in the selling process. Let's let's right. talk about that for a moment, if, if you would. Right. So, so for me on the financial advisory side, I used to have a, a three meeting process. There's an initial phone call, kind of like that accountant we just said. Then you go have a cup of coffee or a meeting with a person. And then you do like an initial financial assessment or a tax saving assessment. I call it retirement readiness assessment. And then you have sometimes even a fourth meeting before you, you, you do that. Um, I've gotten both picky and efficient, right? So picky, I know who my ideal clients are, and I can tell that in a 15 to 30 minute phone call or Zoom call. So for me personally on my advisory side, it is a phone call or a Zoom call. And I've got a list of questions. It's, it's our Dan Sullivan stuff, right? What has to happen a year from now for you to feel happy with your progress, both personally and professionally? Uh, particularly what's keeping you up at night, right? Why are we having this call? What's what's bothering you right now? It's always tied to get the three things that are, they'll tell you they're hot buttons if you just ask them. So I'm gonna ask you your hot buttons. What's keeping you up at night? What are your biggest concerns? Then, you know, our Dan Sullivan stuff, what are your opportunities? If you had more time or money, what could you do? What would you be doing? Uh, shrinks, what do you do really well if you just had more time or more money? And so in my process, the prospect is telling me what their hot buttons are. Gosh, I get no service. Gosh, I, I don't, you know, I don't know if my money's working for me. Is there something that I should be doing? I feel like I'm overpaying taxes, right? Then they'll say, well, my opportunity is I don't have any debt. You know, most of my prospects or good clients come to me. They don't have any debt, right? You, you know, you're an anti-debt guy. I'm an anti-debt guy. I'm an anti-bad debt guy. Yeah, good debt, bad debt. So most of my guys, just the prospects who come to me are, you know, good debt. You know, only have good debt, right? The mortgage and maybe a little business loan because, you know, cheap financing. And they'll tell me that right up front. And then they'll tell you, well, I know that if I, if I, you know, I got, I could save an extra $100,000 a year if I just knew what to do with it or where to put it or, or how to get it out of the business, yeah. right? So now in my little process, that's a 15-minute, 30-minute phone call. They've given me all the raw material. And I turn that around and, and part of my close is, well, a matter of fact, Mr. Dave, you know, this is what we do for people like you. Most of my clients are business owners. Um, I know that 94% of business owners are overpaying their taxes. And so I can do a, a business assessment and a retirement readiness assessment to answer the three most critical questions. You know, are you on track for your retirement? Are you overpaying your taxes? And can your plan be improved? If you'll send me, you know, then I ask, then I got to ask for all your stuff. You know, you got to give me your tax returns. You got to give me your investment stuff. But I'm telling you what I'm going to tell you already, right? My retirement readiness assessment is I'm going to tell you, is your plan on track? Yes or no? When can you retire, right? I know that's your hottest button. That's what you told me in your little setup, right? I know your uh, taxes are everybody's hot button, 
whether you're a business owner or a normal person, you're like, hey, so I'm going to tell not, you. You don't make much. so Right, exactly. So I'm going to answer question number two. Is there any way to reduce your taxes? I'm going to answer that at our next meeting. And number three, is there any way for your plan to be improved? So these are all the things that you told me you wanted. I've already got the solution pre-scripted, right? That I know these are my, my retirement readiness answers the three most critical questions that most people have. And so then it's, do you want that or not? So how did you go. cut the process down to two appointments? Yeah. Versus so, so that phone call. So typically what happens is the first phone call is a rapport building phone call. Hey, Dave, how are you? Get to know you. How do you meet? Great. This is awesome. You know, Miles is a friend of mine. Paul is a friend of mine. That's great. He's awesome. Great. Tell me a little bit about you. Oh, great. Now, why don't we meet face to face and you can tell me your same story face to face in an hour long meeting. There you go. And, and that's what it was. The next meeting was an hour long meeting where you told me pretty much what you just told me on the phone call, just in an hour long format. Here's, here, here's, here's what's keeping me up at night. Here's what I'm really good at. No debt. Here's what I'm, but it was pretty much the same conversation, right? But there's some rapport building that's face to face. I have no, and then we'd go to the second meeting and then I'm the third meeting. And then the fourth meeting was a presentation of here's my findings, right? Now I've combined that as, if you give me all your stuff, I can tell you what I find at our second meeting, right? I don't need a third or fourth meeting. We'll just go right to the hunt. And, and so either that you can tell on the front end through our conversations, again, I like Dan Sullivan's questions, but, but it could have been a SWOT analysis. You can tell through those rapport, if you have rapport and if you like the person or not, right? If by some chance, so 75, 80% of the time, I know if that's gonna be a good client or not. There's a little bit of doubt, the 20%, and, and if they're willing for me to do this second step, I'll be able to tell at the end of the second step, hey, here's what I found, here's what I, you know, here are my suggestions, how we should do, would you like to move forward? Right, I can tell during that meeting if they'll be able to move forward just by their body language and stuff like that. So I got tired of having the coffee, the hour long coffee, just having the same conversation we just had on the phone, except it was face to face. So I'm kind of lazy as I get older. That's perfect, <laughs> and, and so, what you what is important in that is that if you were basically your your marketing message yes. when they when they land on that zoom call yeah. you want a lot of that to have done some of the pre-rapport building and answer many of their yes. questions so that yes. when you start asking them questions that their their uh barriers aren't up you want to be able to have that conversation because enough rapport is built already. And that's perfect. So, so my clients come from referrals from other existing clients. There's rapport. I'm borrowing their rapport. Or from centers of influence. You came to me from your lawyer or your CPA. And most of those came from the same kind of stuff. You told them before they referred you to me, you know, I'm really not sure my money's working hard for me. Or I, I think I might be overpaying taxes. Or you've already told me something. You told them something for them to refer you to me, if that makes sense. Oh, Matt does a great job figuring out how to reduce your taxes. Matt does a great job of you know making sure you're on track for your retirement. So so my 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 marketing process is the pre-sale of my referrals, right? And, and you would referrals. say that would be a great that would be a great website, that would be a great lead magnet, mm -hmm. right? And and um, by the way, we were talking about this offline yeah. about how when somebody is giving a live testimonial, okay, yep. which is a referral, yeah. that is, is a referral. live testimonial. There, okay, so in, in every, in every uh, process, the buying process, it includes typically trust, of course, but that trust can be created 
or borrowed from someone else. And if that someone else is somebody they respect and they trust, their attorney, their accountant, their their uh, maybe not their best friend, because that, that could be a different. Right, if right. their best friend is very successful, hey, you need to call this guy. You need to call Matt. Then the credibility. It's like um, your rep reputation precedes you. It really does yeah. when you have, and you never have a better, um, if, if that is your whole sales process, your odds of closing go through the roof if it's the right client. Right. Well, and you just reminded me, you know, Joe Polish had the, 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 the carpet audit or something like that. And so you would have to request, you know, how to choose a carpet cleaner before he would even have an appointment with you. So that lead magnet he has, how to choose a carpet cleaner or how to get your carpet cleaned right, was a pre-checklist of all the things that, that he did right, right? So you, how to choose a financial advisor, how to choose a good CPA, how to choose a good landscaper, uh, how to plan a, a, an excellent wedding, you know, seven mistakes to avoid when planning your wedding. A lot of these lead magnets, you're, you're telling them what their own pitfalls might be and you're telling them your process overcomes that. There's your pre-sale. So if it's not a referral, the lead magnet, which you're the copywriter, the lead magnet is a great way to overcome and pre-sell it for you. Because they came to you, Joe, Joe Polish would say, look, I'd send out my how to choose a carpet cleaner. And therefore, when they called me, they knew what a good carpet cleaner, what a, what a bad carpet cleaner was. So therefore, price was less of an issue. I had already built rapport through my lead magnet and that, hey, I'm an honest guy telling you, here's what to look for. Yeah. And I checked off all those boxes magically. It's okay to expose your, your own flaws. That's okay as long as you yeah. have to answer those objections. But if you know your competitor's flaws, make sure you clearly expose yes. all of them. Yes, and that's, that's you're pre-selling. You're pre-closing. Throwing rocks at your enemies. That's what that's called, throwing rocks at your enemies. But um, you are exposing your flaws. But when you throw rocks at your enemies, make sure you fill in all the spots uh, You know where you're throwing rocks. We don't do that. Those guys are jerks. Well, right. you got to give a reason why they're jerks because they do this, this, and this. Fill in the blanks, and and then when they come to you, they they've already they're saying, "Hey, how do I how do I get this service of yours?" They're not yep. they're they're almost in a position there where they're ready to buy. So yeah, you're exactly right. I wanted to mention we're coming near the time here. A uh, couple of things to put in there in your sales process, right? Is the best time to ask referrals is right when you you close the sale, whether they they bought the product or they signed up for your landscaping or they came on as a new dental patient, the best time to ask for referrals is right then and there. The, the last part I would say is talking about upselling and downselling and cross-selling, right? McDonald's is famous for, you know, do you want to uh, supersize that, right? That's upselling. What is cross-selling? Do you want an apple pie with that, right? But you got to think about that in advance. Go back to the CPA. Some people hire a CPA just to do the taxes. Some people hire the CPA to do uh, the monthly books, the quarterly financials, all of the above. So they've got the gold, you know, gold, silver, and bronze package, right? You should have these. And we always said most people buy the middle package. There's a whole, uh, what's that guy's name? The um, pricing guy. I can't think of it right Presuasion, now. Persuasion. Uh, persuasion. Uh, Robert uh, Cialdini. Cialdini. Yeah. Yeah. Ro Robert Cialdini yeah. says we all buy the middle product, right? So so knowing that in advance and you're a CPA, you want to have the gold, bronze, the gold, silver, bronze, knowing that this is what they're most likely to buy. And this one, you could be $10,000 more expensive. Same thing for the landscaping service. So knowing this in advance, you're not just winging it. You're trying to close the business, convert the business, and you're trying to upsell, supersize that, 
large size app, you're trying to cross sell, would you like to add on this product to that purchase? A lot of people, Amazon does that. When you buy this product, a lot of people buy this product too. Remember, that's an add-on. That's on my Amazon every day. And then day. they send your emails if just because you, you looked at it. because you looked at something. They're awesome at follow-up, right? But these are the sales process you need to have. You should have the upsells and the cross-sells and the ask for referrals built into your process and the gold, bronze, silver, and bronze packages because you know most people build it by the middle one. If you don't have one, make one up. What's the Mac Daddy thing you could possibly do that only one guy would buy? Put that in there for $10,000 more than what your normal landscape services are. Right. And then what's the cheap one is we cut the lawn and we don't even pick up the clippings. Right. Or, I mean, you can come up with the three packages, but again, this is your sales process. How do I get in front of, before we even do that, it goes back to our fundamentals. We talk about every single time, right? Who's your target market? What's your unique, what's your million dollar message? Million dollar message yep. What's your irresistible offer? Because I know the hot button. Right. Sure. Anyway, this is really good. I know we've already run 30 minutes. I'm pretty sure episode yep. 145, how to streamline your sales process. If you don't have one, get one. And number two, how can you refine it and, and, and fine tune it by knowing your customer, by anticipating and overcoming the injections and including the objections in your presentation, by learning how to ask for referrals at the close, by learning how to upsell, cross-sell, downsell, by learning how to have a gold, silver, and bronze package. That's the whole process. Those are so funny because when you solidify whatever we called it, the streamline your sales process, you're really, and how do you do that? You're going after your target market. You know who are good customers of yours. And, and when you know their hot buttons and you know who they are and you know their objections and you've got all those, it can be a very smooth and simple process. Then it's a matter of, uh, I like it, like, I like, uh, what is it? Easy, lucrative, and fun. I think Joe Polish might say, easy, easy, lucrative, and fun. He calls that ELF. Okay. Right? So sales are easy, lucrative, and fun if you have a streamlined process and you've identified. Then it's a matter of, I'm not selling you something. You you should want my product. You should yeah. want, you want to make it that it's, I'm, I'm the irresistible offer. It'd be, it'd be silly not to do business with me. Yeah, the clothes should be the easy part. They should yeah. be ready to buy. And, yeah. you know, so. and you become indifferent because you're getting so good at it. You become indifferent. If this purchase doesn't, you know, that the next guy will because you, you're getting better at conversions. You're getting better at your sales process. And so then it's not, a, oh, my God, I'm desperate. I need to close Dave. It's like, well, Dave's going to buy. He's not going to buy. But I'm indifferent to the outcome. I'm going to get better at my sales process for the next one, Precisely. for the next one. Exactly. Anyway, this was a good conversation. We took all kinds of winding roads today. Well, but, but we got there. But you know, so if you're, uh, you know, if you're out there and you're wondering how to, you know, how you can make more money in your business, well, um, we, you know, we can find fifty, seventy, hundred thousand dollars in any business. We do this all the time. And so all you have to do is reach out to us at Matt at ProfitabilityMD.com, Dave at ProfitabilityMD.com, and and look, we'll we'll find the money in your business. What we'll find for you, you get to pocket that. But what do we get out of that? We uh, typically get a client, a long-term client. Why? Because there's a lot more we can help you with in your business. And yeah, so exactly. reach out to us. We've got a mastermind group. Again, Matt at ProfitabilityMD.com, David ProfitabilityMD.com. Find us on all the places you get podcasts. Well, I don't know, YouTube. YouTube channel. We got our YouTube channel, yeah. ProfitabilityMD.com. And of course, our website, ProfitabilityMD.com. So good show, Matt. We'll talk good stuff, you. man. This was fun. All right. Take care. Bye-bye.